Thank you for joining us for another podcast from Covenant Community Church. And now, today's message from Senior Pastor John Lofton. All right, free to be free, part five. Hashtag C3, free to be free, or hashtag come on now. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Let's open your Bibles to 2 Corinthians chapter 6. We're going to start reading at verses 14 to 18. Uh, We're going to continue the series, Free to be Free, today. Uh, 2 Corinthians chapter 6. Uh, Verse 14 says, Do not be unequally yoked together with unbelievers, for what fellowship has righteousness with lawlessness, and what communion has light with darkness, and what accord has Christ with the Belial, or what part has a believer with an unbeliever, and what agreement has the temple of God with idols? For you are the temple of the living God, as God has said, I will dwell in them and walk among them, I will be their God, and they shall be my people. Therefore, come out from among them and be separate says the Lord, do not touch what is unclean, and I will receive you, and I will be a father to you, and you shall be my sons and daughters, says the Lord Almighty. The other foundational scriptures here on the screen, uh, this is where uh, I have gotten into the doctrine of separation, where in Colossians chapter 1 verse 13, it says that for he, God, has rescued us from, somebody say from, the powers of darkness and translated us to, somebody say to, the kingdom of his dear son so God has separated us or he has rescued us or he has freed us from something but also to something amen and so we've gotten into a lot of the stuff that we've been freed from so um, I'm going to continue in what we are freed to Uh, I'm reading a a great book by Dr. Michael Brown Uh, it's called Revolution the call to a holy war and he made this statement in the book I wanted to give this to you guys I don't have it on the screen but it says men of God have warned us for years, urging us to wake up from our stupor. Yet still we slumber on. We are becoming so accustomed to filth that we hardly notice its stench. We have become so inoculated to evil that we are numb to its stinging bite. That was a profound statement right there, and, and, and I have to ask myself, is this really true? Or do, is this really happening uh, today? And I believe we have become so used to practicing sin that when we are confronted, we not only defend it, but we boast about it and give some type of humanistic reason as to why you do what you do. Uh, I know a lot of people say, well, God told me. Did he really tell you that? Because if he told you that, there's going to be some confirmation behind it. Amen? And so we have come, uh, we are in this entitlement mentality and generation. Uh, people feel entitled even when they come to the church that if they don't get their every whim or their every need, uh, if everything don't go like they want it to go, if the preachers don't preach like they want to preach, or if the music is not played like they like it, or if the praise team don't sing the songs that they like, uh, if the church don't dress the right way, or if your hats are too small, or the preacher's too bald, or the walls are not colored right, or the carpet is not clean enough, there's always going to be something that people want to meet with their personal preferences, but the church is not here to meet your personal preferences. The church is here to feed you, to give you what you need so that you can go out into this world to feed somebody else. Am I talking to the right church? 
And so that's why you're here. You're here to get armed. You're here to get fuel. You're here to get encouraged. You're here to be equipped so that when you go out there, you will have enough in here to give to somebody else. Amen. And so if you come into church to get your every whim met, if you come into church to think that you got your little laundry list of everything that you got to have, then I believe you're not going to find the right one. You're not going to find the right one because every church is not going to have everything that you want. Amen. The church is full of fatally flawed people, including the pastor. So you're not going to join. You're not going to find a perfect church. And, and if you were looking for a perfect church, you need to ask yourself, are you perfect? So if you're not perfect, but you want the church to be perfect, then I believe you're putting unrealistic expectations on the church. Amen. Hello, somebody. And let me go a step further. Don't put any expectations on me that you're not living yourself. Or any pastor or any leader. We have the propensity to put expectations on leaders that the people in the church are not even living. Where you're the pastor, you're supposed to live right. You're supposed to live holy. No, no, no. The Bible says the saints are supposed to live holy. The title don't make you a pastor. Nope. You were a pastor before you had the title, I hope. <laughs> Hallelujah. You, you better know you had it. <laughs> it's because this is not for the weak. I'm telling you right now, you can't be a pastor and be weak. This, this, this position is for the strong. You got to have a thick skin to be a pastor. You, you got to know that you're called to be a pastor if you're going to succeed. Right. If you're going to be a leader, you got to know that there are certain things that you're going to go through. Every Christian is a leader. So if you're sitting back in your seat and you say, well, I'm protected, I'm not a leader. Every Christian is a leader. So you're not protected, you're not exempt, you're going to get hit with some of the same stuff as the pastor, as the deacon, as the elder, as the prophetess, as the evangelist. And you say, well, I don't have that title. The title you got is saint. That right there means you're in trouble. That puts a bullseye on you to say that the enemy does not like you. He hates you, and I hate him. Amen. And we got to get the same tenacity that we have when we had in the world when we were partying, because you know we didn't party halfway. No, we oh, my, 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 my. Can I talk about it today? <laughs> we didn't party halfway. No, you didn't get halfway high. No, I, didn't get, I never got halfway drunk. No, I never seen a halfway drunk. You know what I'm saying? You, you, when, you, when we sin, we, we put both feet in, yes, yes, and we jumped off yes. and said, let's do it, Lord. It's time to party. It's time to get out. Come on now. So wait a minute now. So the God of the universe just saved you, but yet you come in the church, and you don't want to give more to God than you give to the world. So you want to give the world more than what you give God? See, the, the word of God should challenge us because without being challenged, there's no change. Amen. Amen. So I got to ask you something, saints. Is there truly a standard by which God commands us to live by? Yes, sir. Is it really? Yes, sir. Because for some reason, it looks like those standards are no more in the church. Or if you have standards, people don't like it. Yeah. <laughs> and if we have standards, aren't we called to uncompromisingly follow them? I'm just saying, right, I, I know that it, the Bible has to be very clear on what's clean and what's unclean. So let me give you some scriptures here. Let's, let's, go, let's go in the Bible. Let's see what the Word says. 
Don't just listen to what I'm saying. Let's see what the word says. Over here in Exodus chapter 28, verse 36, it says, You shall also make a plate of pure gold and shall engrave on it like the engraving of a seal, holiness unto the Lord. Now, this is with the Levitical priesthood. This is Aaron. Aaron had a gold plate on his head, on his hat, on the front, right? Matter of fact, when he wore it, it was right here on his forehead. And it said, holiness unto the Lord. When he performed anything in the house of God, he had to have that on unless he went into the Holy of Holies. Let me make that clear. Because when he went into the manifest presence of God behind the curtain, behind the veil, he couldn't wear anything but linen. Linen represents purity because you got to be pure if you're going to come before a holy God. Hello, somebody. But when he did all of his other duties, he had to wear this hat that said holiness unto the Lord. Let me tell you something, saints of God. When people saw Aaron, if they got close to him, what they saw on him was holiness unto the Lord. What they saw was gold. Gold is a type of, of, of divinity. And so what people should see on you is holiness unto the Lord. Why? Because it was on the frontlets of his head, which means you should have a holy mind. You should have the mind of Christ. You should think like him, act like him, do things like he would do them, saints of God. People should see that you are a saint before you even open up your mouth. There should be something that says holiness unto the Lord. And this has nothing to do with you quoting scripture. Because a lot of people I know can quote some scripture, but they don't even know how to untie them. So quoting scripture, this, is, this is goes beyond quoting scripture. This is all about how do you operate as a man or a woman in God when nobody is looking? What are you doing? What are you saying? What kind of jokes are you involved in? What kind of racial attitude do you have when you're around just people that look like you? Oh, okay, okay, all right, all right, all right. I think I'm in the right place because it got quiet. I got a, a good uh-oh, a mm-hmm, and a couple of head nods. So I know I'm in the right place then, right? So, so this, this right here, saints of God, this speaks of character and integrity. Those are things you're going to have if you're in front of the church, if you're at home, if you're at Walmart. God is looking at how we are acting, saints. And he places a difference between saints and sinners. He said he put holiness unto the Lord in the Old Testament. But let, let me give you another uh, scripture here. First Peter chapter one, verse 16. It says this. But as he who called you is holy, you also be holy in all your conduct. Somebody say conduct. See, your conduct. Come on, oh, Lord, have mercy. Your conduct is how you are, saints of God, everywhere. You, you can't say, well, uh, you know, I'm going to conduct myself right when I'm in the church. Well, you're faking. You're a hypocrite. Because it's not in the church where your conduct should be right. It's in the world where your conduct should be right. Because they won't even know what the church is like unless you show them. But if you're out there in activities that they do, acting like them, drinking like them, smoking dope like them, then how in the world are you going to show them the true essence of what God says, I am holy, so you are holy also? Holiness should change our conduct. And if you can come in the church and your conduct is not changing, then you might not be holy. Amen. Then he goes on to say, because it is written, be holy. 
Now, I know there's not a whole lot of holiness being preached today. I know it. I know it because people don't like that holiness talk, right? And that's okay because you're going to hear a lot of it in here. Because I truly believe that what this world needs is a holy church. As a matter of fact, God is only coming back for one kind of church. He didn't say he's coming back for a small church. He didn't say he's coming back for a house church. He didn't say he's coming back for a mega church. He said he's coming back for the church without spot or wrinkle or any such thing. But she shall be holy. So if you're not preaching holiness, then you're not preparing the church to be ready. I don't preach this because I, 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 you can't fill seats with this kind of talk. Because <laughs> people, really, they just want to be pat on the back and say, you, you're doing a good, oh, bless your little heart. You came to church. Everything is going to be okay for you. Thank you. You wrote, you wrote, what kind of size check? Oh, that's a nice check. You're really going to be blessed. Praise the Lord. Just come on back next Sunday. We're going to do the same thing again, and you're just fine. Just keep doing what you're doing. You know, just be happy with everybody, and, and everything is going to work out okay. That is not reality. See, reality is you're going to confront some issues. And either you're going to be strong enough to go to the Word for yourself Figure out what you need to do for your life, or you're going to always have to depend on somebody else to pray for you. At some point, saints, we have to grow up in the house of God. At some point, you got to stop putting everything on your pastor, on your elders, on your deacons. At some point, you're going to have to open up the Bible for yourself and go get it where everybody else got it from. At some point. I got two hand claps, three. I know, I know this ain't going to go over well. I know it. I know it. I know it. But that's okay. I know that that's okay because, again, we're here to raise up the mature church. Amen. See, the mature church says, you know what? I got hit with some stuff. Let me go to my word. Let, let me go see what thus said God. Let me see what God is saying about this so I can apply this to my life. After you do that, then you can say, well, pastor, some stuff hit my life. I picked up the word of God. This is what God showed me. Can you help pray me through? That, that's the way you're supposed to do this, thanks to God. You're not supposed to say, well, I don't know what's going on. Let me call pastor. Let me call him. No, 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 no. Go to the Bible first. Let God speak to your heart. Let him prick your heart. Maybe it's some stuff that you need to forgive. Maybe it's some bitterness that you need to let go of. Maybe it's some things from your past you need to let go of so God can show you how to grab your future. Maybe God wants you to learn how to get out of stuff by yourself. David said, I had to encourage myself in the Lord when everybody else walked away from me. Some things say, so God, you're going to have to pray yourself through. Yeah, I know the church is here to help. Listen, don't hear, don't hear my heart wrong here. I know we're here to help. We're here to encourage. We're here to do all of those things. But saints, you can't depend on everybody all the time. You can't have a crutch in the house of God. You got to stand up on your own two feet. All right, let's go to the next one then. This is Ezekiel chapter 44, verse 23. It says, moreover, they, 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 in the Old Testament, speaking of the, 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 the priests, it says, moreover, they shall teach my people the difference between the holy and the profane and cause them to discern between the unclean and the clean. See, if you go into a place 
where you ask a direct question about sin. And you got a leader that cannot take you to the Bible and clearly state when something is holy or unholy, we got a problem. Even in the Old Testament, the priests were, were told by God to make sure that the people knew the difference. You should know the difference between what's right and what's wrong. You cannot tell me. I didn't even have to go to church to know what's right or wrong. Come on, saints of God. I, I, look, I know you can try to come up in here and think, well, I, I just didn't know. No, you knew. You knew. I knew before I knew anything about God what was right. I knew when I was fornicating it was wrong. I, it, yeah, it did feel good. But I, I mean, <laughs> you got to deal in truth. So, but we knew it was wrong. No, listen. So you mean to tell me you've been in church for 20 years and you still don't know what's right or wrong? You've been pastoring a church and you can't tell the difference between sin and a saint. Oh, well, um... Things are beginning to change, and we need to change with the times. Uh, no, no. Obviously, they forgot the scripture where God says, I change not. God said, this is sin, this is not. He told us what's holy and what's unholy, what's righteous. Apostle Paul just told us, what fellowship does light have with darkness? There's a difference between the light and the darkness. There's a difference between righteousness and unrighteousness, holy and unholy. There's a difference between right and wrong. Everything that we do is not right. It might be permissible, but should you still be doing it? See, that's what, that's what people use uh, for, for, for drinking. They say, well, you know, Jesus drank. So they use that as a... And I would say, you know what, really? So if you want to use that, as your benchmark for living right, then, then that's up to you. <laughs> right? And so that's, that's totally up to you. But what I am saying here, saints of God, is this. What if it's a, a re, somebody that's uh, recovering from alcoholism? Like I had a real problem with it. And I start hanging out with the brothers in the church. Right? I got a problem with this. I'm trying to fight this thing. But boy, this thing is on my back. This thing is calling me back. This thing has been talking to me all night long. So I need to connect with some brothers in the church. These brothers know how to keep me right. They know how to pray with me. They, they, can, they can bring me through this thing. And I can hook up and say, man, we're going to go We're gonna go hook up, get some wings or something. We go get some wings. And I see all the brothers from the church with a drink. In my mind, because I'm a new Christian, in my mind, I'm thinking, this must be okay. <laughs> Because I don't know the Bible yet. Right? So if they are mature, because they've been around for a while, and they know I'm a baby Christian, then obviously they know something I don't. So I take that first drink. But if you know anything about a person who struggles with alcohol, there's never one drink. It would have never been one with me. Now, listen, I'm using generalities, right? I'm just saying, don't ever take your freedom 
and use it to hurt somebody else who wants to get free. That's all I'm saying. I'm not saying that, you know, I don't, you know, you say, well, you know, the Bible don't say anything about drinking. It has a lot to say about drinking, but, but, but that's not what I'm preaching on. What I'm preaching on is this. What kind of conduct and character are you going to walk in? Don't let anything that you do hinder somebody else that's trying to get to the Lord. That's all I'm saying, saints of God. So I'm not trying to be too dogmatic or going to the extremes. What I am saying is, at some point, we got to have a conduct that says to God, I don't want to be anybody's downfall from getting to you. Amen. Be it getting to racial jokes, getting into profiling, getting into commenting about gender, or anything like that. I don't want anything about my lifestyle or my conduct to hinder anybody from getting to Jesus. That's all I'm saying, saints of God. If you have doubts about any of that, maybe you need to stop what you're doing. That's all I'm saying. Is that clear enough? So there's a difference. Somebody said, said, there's a difference. There's a difference. He took us from something to something. There's a difference, saints of God. He didn't take us from something and left us there. There had to be a delineation. There had to be a separation. Let me give you this in Ephesians. I had to give you all of this because it's so good. It says, but among you, there, should, there must not be even a hint. Yeah. Somebody say hint. hint. Man, when you say hint, to me, that's, ooh, that's small. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? That's a smidge. They said it should not even be a hint. Now, this word sexual immorality, it includes all of it. Bisexual, homosexual, lesbian, fornicated, all of it is in there. Amen. Bestiality, all of it is in there. So when you hit, see that word immorality, it's talking about all of it. Right. Or of any kind of impurity. If you didn't get that one, <laughs> then Apostle Paul said, well, let me make this clear. Of any kind of impurity or of greed, because these are improper for God's Holy people. See, I'm talking about holiness, saints of God. I'm not talking about you just a little Christian that like to goes to church, like to go to church and you're still sinning. I'm not talking about that. I'm talking about a person that wants to be set apart, used by God, somebody who wants to be the hand and feet of Jesus, somebody that wants to be the instrument of God, somebody that wants to be used so that you can heal the sick, raise the dead, open blind eyes, heal mute uh, uh, ears that cannot hear. You gotta have a holy lifestyle if you're gonna operate on that level. This is what God wants for the saints, not just for the preachers. When you read the book of Acts, it was a deacon. It was a deacon. Stephen was, was, was operating in the miraculous gifts. And they stoned him to death because the church didn't like him operating in God. See, there are people in church that's not going to like you operating in the things of the Lord. There's always going to be somebody that's jealous of you, but don't let that stop you. You keep moving towards the Lord. Nor should there be obscenity, foolish talk. Where's, where's, where's the elder? <laughs> elder like that, that foolishness. There should be no foolishness going on. See, we got too much foolishness going on in the house of God. And we, we need to confront this foolishness. Hello, somebody. People who just, you know, well, God knows my heart. Let me, let me, let me see if I can explain something to you. For you people that keep saying that God knows my heart. Do, do you better read in the Bible where the Bible says that the heart is deceitfully wicked above all. You, you better know you got some wickedness in your heart. So you just stating that God knows my heart. That's not a good thing. 
The fact is, he does know our wicked hearts. It's the reason he died. He died so that we can receive his life because our hearts are wicked. Listen, you just, I told you this last Sunday, just stay away from the word for a little while. Just stay away from church for a little while. Stop praising God. Stop praying. Stop worshiping for a little while. Yeah, and you just find out what happens with your life. You find out you're going to be drawn right back where you came from. Wherever, where you, all the people you used to associate with, all the clubs you used to go to, all the little taverns you used to go to, all the drinking you used to go to, all the drugs you used to go to, all the sex. You're going to be pulled right on back. Why? Because now your flesh is taking over because the Holy Ghost now has become a little midget in your life. And see, what you need to do, the Bible says, I must decrease so he can increase in me. The reason we do that is so that the Holy Ghost can be fed. And what we have to do is get the world out of us so we can get more of God in us. Are you here with me today? Yes. Course joking, which are not, which are out of place, but rather thanksgiving. For of this, you can be sure. It's supposed to be no, not not. It's supposed to be no. No immoral, impure, or greedy person, such as a man is an idolater, has any inheritance. Somebody say, has any. Has any. See, saints, if you're operating in this, Paul is clear. There is no gray. If you're operating in this, you have no inheritance in the kingdom. Now, listen, I know people talk about this once saved, always saved. But let me see if I can clear some things up. God says that if you don't operate in my principles, I will blot your name out of my book, which means your name must have been in the book. And if your name was in the book and God said, I can pull your name out of the book, once saved ain't always saved. You ain't safe. You ain't safe. Now that you're saved, you got to fight to stay safe. See, it's easier getting something than keeping it. You got that woman now. Now you got to work to keep that woman. Thank God. That's because she, that's why she's called a female, because there's a fee. You're going to have to pay. write this down there is no message more radical more revolutionary more efficacious more prophetic more dynamic and more dangerous to hell than the message of holiness this is the message that the enemy don't want you to get saints of God because the moment you understand being set apart for God that's the moment the enemy knows his kingdom is in trouble because now you get to operate in everything that Jesus told you you could. He said, and greater works shall you do. See, you can't do the greater works unless you're operating in holiness. He said, I am holy, so you should be holy. The reason we want to do this is so we can operate in the things of the Lord, saints. That's what, I want you to be blessed. I, listen, I'm not trying to be some restrictive preacher either. No, I, I understand after reading this Bible... And after allowing the Holy Spirit to change my life and to heal me, there has been some changes in my life right now, still some changes going on in my life, that I know if I don't make these changes, I'm going to miss out 
on what God has for my life. That's all I want for you, saints. I don't want you to miss what God has for you. The world and some religious people will try to stop you from living for the Lord. But saints, I'm learning. I, I, don't, I don't know everything about this word. But the things that I do know, I want to, I want to re, uh, release them into you. Here, here's what I've learned. Hallelujah. I have learned that the moment I decrease in my flesh is the moment God can give me spiritual things. But let me give you this caveat. It is not easy. Because the flesh wants what it wants when it wants it. And I don't care if you've been saved for 25 years. I don't care if you can speak in tongues for five hours, 45 minutes, and three seconds. I don't care if you've read the Bible from front to back and back to front. You are still going to have to contend with old man flesh. When you come out of your little Bible reading and you go back to work and you go back to Walmart, your little old flesh is going to come out because you're going to find that little old impatience that's in there. You're going to find that little selfish. Am I talking to the right folks up in here? You're going to that little thing that you thought you had tucked away. You had it tucked away for 15 years. You thought it was way over there up under the, it was up under the table. You, you weren't even looking at it anymore. But boy, as soon as you saw the right person at the wrong time, that little old thing came out again and you was like, boy, you, you uh, the devil is a lie. Because sometimes that's all you can say, amen? Sometimes that's what you need to say to keep them cussing. Boy, you, you about to fly in fit. The devil is a lie. <laughs> Hello, am I talking to the right church? Because sometimes, man, you, 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 listen, you're going to have to deprogram. We got to deprogram in the church because for, for the old church mothers, most of them have died off. And them old church mothers, man, they, they operated the whole. I know you didn't like being around them. That's why you ain't like being around them, because they begin to prophesy to you what you did last night. You don't even like being around them because they can see right through your mess. No, no, no. Now, now the church mothers are looking down at the church and saying, when are we going to grow up? That's what the church is called to do, saints. That you can't operate in holiness being a baby. You can't be a baby Christian and operate in holiness. I'm just saying, saints of God. And I know this is not one of those messages that people love and it gets, ooh, the goosebumps are just all over the back of my neck. No, I ain't interested in those goosebumps. I'm interested in you changing. Listen, from the pulpit to the pews, everybody got to change. We all are living in this flesh and we all going to have to change, saints of God. Okay, all right. Okay, all right. Y'all want me to move on? I know it. I, I felt that. So, so okay. Because in reality, we live in a sin-soaked generation. Yes, we are. Yes, we are. It is saturated with sin. So much so to where now sin is tolerated in a lot of churches. I don't want to get too much into that because I might be telling on somebody, but, but at some point, the leader of the church... Is going to have to take a stand 
Because the gospel that I've read and studied and that has changed my life, everywhere I read, is counterculture. It's not complicit to culture. So we either need to operate in this thing or leave it alone. Because when you read this, you know what the root cause of everything is. It's a three-letter word. It's called sin. So why are there broken homes? Why are there alcoholics? Why are there drug addicts? Why is, this, why is there domestic violence? Why is there child abuse? Why is there racism? <laughs> and we're sitting here talking about stuff that's not going to change anything until you deal with the sin. And you can't not deal with the sin unless you live holy. This is why it's easier to go to an organization and you talk about stuff because you, you're really not going to deal with the root problem. The root problem is sin. Sin must be eradicated. First, as Christians, we're supposed to expose it. Amen? When Jesus went to different areas, you just, you, he, just can't, he wasn't even doing anything. He didn't even say anything. When he stepped in the land of the Gadarenes, he just, he just came. And the demons saw him coming. And they started talking to Jesus. So when you go in the area, saints of God, do you realize that demons are trembling? Amen. I'm, I'm, I'm just trying to help you out. Because sometimes I know you don't feel like you're powerful. Mm-hmm. This don't have nothing to do with you. Amen. This has nothing to do with you. You have the Holy Ghost. When you have the Holy Spirit, the demon is not afraid of you and your flesh because your flesh can't defeat enemies. Right. Because the weapons of our warfare are not carnal. That's right. That's right. What the enemy sees is the Holy Ghost in you. And when you walk in a place, they're already like, oh, wait a minute. Wait a minute. I know they got the Holy Ghost. But then when you start talking like the world, acting like the world, they go, oh, I can get them now. Right. Why? Because now... You're, you have just ruined the light. The light shines brightest when it's the purest. But the moment you contaminate the see, see, see. When you contaminate the light, you open yourself up for demonic attack. And you really can't fight because you're hiding the light. You're not exposing the light. Light retracts darkness. Come on, somebody. You are supposed to be in areas that are dark. Who else is going to go in there? Who else can go? He has to send you to dark areas. He has to send you in places on jobs where everybody's godless. Who else is going to help these people? He has to put you in places where there are no more Christians. Because you have to see if you mature yourself. So you can't go over there to your sister so-and-so and and say, look, girl, we got to pray. No, you by yourself. Uh (laughs) Oh, oh, man, see, see. (laughs) Yeah, this kind of stuff will make you groan right here. All right, let's get through this. Let me get the last of this because I want to get on to another message. So, listen, I broke this thing down for you to make it easy because we're we're rescued from something to something. Amen? So check this out. I got to this little chart so to make a whole lot of sense. 
So I've already talked about Colossians chapter 1, verse 13, amen? That he has delivered us from the powers of darkness and has trans translated us to the kingdom of his dear son. Again, this is the doctrine of separation that he's, he's, he's rescued us from something to something. I know I might be in your way, but I'm preaching. So, so he's rescued us from something <laughs> to something, amen? And so you got to see this, saints of God. So I wanted to show you other scriptures to confirm scripture amen it says by precept upon precept line upon line every word shall every word shall be established by the mouth of two or three witnesses here's the second witness first thessalonians chapter 4 verse 7 says for god called us from uncleanness to holiness so he's pulling us out of stuff saints of god the reason he's pulling us out of something is so that he can put us into something else god is not pulling you out so that you can continue to sin Apostle Paul said, shall we continue in sin so that grace may abound? He said, God forbid. How can we who have been delivered from sin live any longer in it? So God is pulling us out of sin so that we can be a saint. He's not pulling you out, somehow giving you a license to sin. We don't have a license to sin. We have a license and a freedom to live like God. He said, be holy because I am holy. Again, this is not a popular message. Let me give you another one. 2 Corinthians chapter 6, 17 and 18. It says, wherefore, come out from among them and be separate, saith the Lord, and touch not the unclean thing, and I will receive you, and I will be a father to you. So you got to come out from the world so that he can be a father to us. See, even the prodigal son, the prodigal son still had to make a decision to come back home. Amen. Amen. See, the prodigal left. The prodigal wasn't lost. He left and got lost. You might leave the comfort of a local church, but where are you going to go after that? Make sure you plug in somewhere. Because when you're out there by yourself, you're not getting fed, something's going to happen. Now, I'm not saying uh, there have been plenty of people leave this church. I'm not wanting them to come back. It's just saying you, when you leave a place, you need to find the right place. This might not be the right place for everybody, and I know it's not because a lot of people can't handle my leadership. And I understand that, and that's fine. But we are still in the house of God. Because in the house of God, there are different types of vessels. You just need to find a vessel you can submit under. Amen. I'm submitted to vessels, and you need to be submitted to vessels. Everybody in the house should be submitted to somebody. Hello, somebody. Right? So I, what I'm teaching you is leadership. That I, I am not crazy to think everybody can follow under me, and other pastors are not like that either. Everybody's not going to submit under every pastor, but there is a church out there for them. There are a lot of great churches out here, saints of God. You just got to find the right one. Amen? So the thing is, I want to pray over you and bless you until you get there. Why? Because all of us are getting to heaven. And because, let me, let me see if I can clear some things up. And because nobody who leaves your life is going to, is going to uh, determine how God blesses you. Let me say that one more time. Nobody that leaves your life is going to determine how God blesses you. So since God is going to bless you anyway, why don't you just be happy with it? 
Why don't you just go on with your little crazy self and just say, well, some come, some go, but blessed be the name of the Lord. Amen. Because, see, I know some people sometimes in your life, because you have moved out into things, there have been people to leave you. It happens to all of us. Amen. But listen, didn't God still bless you? All right. He blessed you so that you can have a right attitude. Now you should pray and bless those who left you. Amen. Why? Because they don't, that it's not, it don't really, it's not going to hurt your anointing. Right? Your, your, it's your anointing. Right? You determine what your anointing is going to be. Amen? Let me give you some more of this book so we can wrap this thing up. Leviticus chapter 20, verse 26 says, For I, the Lord, am holy and have severed you from other people. Man, see, this is, saints of God, this is all over the Bible, saints. There is a, the reason I wrote the, the mixture book is because I'm sick and tired of seeing people in the church mixing with all of this worldly stuff. And so God says, I, I, I severed you from other people. Sometimes God had to take people out of your life. And you keep pulling them back in and God will separate them again. You keep pulling them back in. And God is saying, listen, I'm trying to help your crazy behind. Leave them alone. And see, here's what I've learned. I don't know if you've learned this, but here's what I've learned. I've learned when I keep messing with people and God is doing something in their life and I keep bailing them out and God wants to help them and grow them up and I keep bailing them out. This is what I've learned. God will give something to me to do to get my mind off of them. Because he'll put something in my life where I'm so focused on what I got to do that I have left them alone. And that's what God wanted in the first place. See, sometimes God will have to attack you to make you stop bailing people out. All right, all right, okay. Second Corinthians chapter 7, verse 1. Let us cleanse ourselves from all filthiness of the flesh and spirit to perfect. Okay, you see that word holiness keep popping up? See, I'm not just preaching holiness because this is a nice little message that I want to preach on that's trying to get to church somewhere. No, this is what the apostles preached. This is what Jesus preached. This is what James preached. This is what Timothy preached. This is what God preached. Isaiah preached it. Jeremiah preached it. Ezekiel preached it. Daniel preached it. Hello, somebody. Israel preached it. Joel preached it. So, so this message is throughout the whole fabric of the Bible. And it is for the church to grab a hold to, to perfect holiness in the fear of God. First Thessalonians 1 Thessalonians 1.9 says, you, you turn to God from idols to serve the living and true God. See, you, you can't turn to God unless you turn from something else. This is why Apostle Paul, he said this. He said, I have to let go of my past. He said, I had to forget those things that are... See, in other words, this is God separating you from something. Paul said, I had to forget those things that were behind me, let them go, so that he can grab those things that are before him. But when your hands are full of your past, you can't grab a hold of your future. And a lot of us, saints of God, in the church, we're living our lives looking through the rearview mirror. See, when you're driving and you're continually looking in the rearview mirror, you don't even know where you're going. 
Because you keep looking back. And this is what the devil wants you to do. He wants you to keep looking back. Go back to where, where you failed. Go back to where you know I heard the Lord say something, but I'm not actually operating in it right now. And now you're beating yourself up because you, you think that you're supposed to be in a different place than where you are right now. You might not even know this is where God wants you. You are exactly in the place God wants you to be right now because this is the place that can humble you. Amen. See, when he took them through the wilderness in the Old Testament, I don't know if you guys knew this. When they came out of Egypt, it was right over there where they had to go. With Moses is right there. Kadesh Barnea, it was right there. Say, Lord, aren't we going? Aren't we going? No, God said, no, I'm taking you. No, but Lord, it's, it's right there. He said, no, I got to take you this way because I need to test you. I need to try you. I need to know what's in your heart. See, saints of God, let me, let, me, let me see if I can make this clear. You will not know how much God you have in your heart until you have been tried. You can fake it in front of it all you want. You can look in high by tie, tie, tie yourself a bow tie by a Cadillac. You can do all that stuff. And then when you come out of being super spiritual, the devil is still right there. This is for the mature church here. I'm trying to help you, saints. The higher you go in God, the harder it's going to be. If anybody's listening to this, I know we're streaming live. If anybody listening to this and you think you're called to be a pastor, I'm going to try to talk you out of it. Because I'm telling you right now, it's the hardest thing I've ever done in my life. And I didn't smile. It is difficult to be a pastor in this day and in this hour. You better know God has called you to do this. But the ones who know it, man, we're going to wreak havoc on the devil. Because the one thing I do know, not one man called me to this office. <laughs> man only confirmed it but God called if, if you know you got a call from God let me say thanks to God all of you that are sitting in this room right now God has a call on your life but the moment you hear his voice say he called you that's the moment no man can stop you I don't care what they try to offer and if I can talk you out of being a pastor you weren't called to be one John chapter 5, verse 24, but is passed from death to life. Romans 6, 11, likewise, reckon you also yourselves to be dead indeed from sin, but alive. Are you seeing this with me here? Let me see if I have another one. Oh, I got another one. <laughs> Ephesians 2, 13, but now in Christ Jesus, you were once were afar off are made near. So there's a difference there, right? We used to be far off because we was living in sin. Now, we've been, we're made near by the blood of Christ. Colossians 1, 21, 22. And you who once were alienated and enemies in your mind by wicked works, yet now he has reconciled. In other words, he took you away from being alienated to being reconciled. See, saints of God, here, here, here's, let me go ahead and give you the rest of this. 1 Peter chapter 2, verse 24 says, And we, being dead to sin, should live to righteousness. 
unto him that loved us and washed us from our sins in his own blood and has made us kings and priests to God and the Father. Listen, the reason I want to bring these scriptures to you, saints of God, is because you can see a delineation here. There is no mixture. None. So I should, as a pastor, be able to come to you with the Bible and say, listen, this is what the Bible says. Either you are a sinner or you're a saint. Either you're living for God, or let me get ghetto, or you ain't. <laughs> Thought I was Jesse Jackson there. I'm rhyming a little bit, right? <laughs> you're a sinner, a saint, or you're living for God, or you ain't, right? <laughs> I was a poet and didn't know it. So, so listen, so here it is. Here it is. I, I just gave you a multiplicity of scriptures. I just wanted you to see those, and you took pictures of it. But don't just take pictures. Go get the scriptures and read them. Make sure when you read them, you apply them. And when you read it, pray it. Say, Lord, I see it right here in your word that you have brought me from some things. See, when I pray to God, I say, God, I thank you. I thank you, God, that you delivered me from alcohol. I thank you, Father, that you delivered me from porn. I thank you, God, that you delivered me from selfishness. I thank you, Jesus. I thank you for being in my life, God. Because if you had not been in my life, I know I probably would have destroyed myself by now. See, this is when you when you come before a holy God, when you go before a holy God, you don't go before a holy God thinking that somehow he's going to forgive all of your little sins only for you to keep doing it. No, God loves you. As a matter of fact, he said, my name is Jealous with a capital J. God, God, boy, you are bad to him. God, God, God will tear up a jail cell. Come on, start playing. I'm done. God will tear up a jail cell to get to his saints. Don't you know how much God loves you? <laughs> maybe, maybe we haven't told you how bad you are lately. God loves you. He'll defend you too. I'm telling you something, saints of God. Now is the time. We can't wait any longer. If you've been contemplating on what I need to do with God and what is I need to do this and God, I, this hadn't lined up right and that hadn't lined up right. I, I'm just saying, you might just have to just get off of that boat. Jump on out there in the deep. And see what the Lord wants to do with your life. The one thing that I've learned is if you keep playing it safe, you're not going to experience God's blessings like he wants to give them to you. If you look at the Bible, all of those men, they took a risk. They took a risk. These guys were fishermen. They had successful businesses. And Jesus just walked up on them and he said, follow me. The Bible said they dropped their nets and they followed Jesus. They took a risk. Don't you know how many people that were in business or fellow partners with them ridiculed them and saying, what in the world? Boy, what are you doing following this man? You mean you, you're not going to fish anymore? What? What? Oh, we're going to be fishers of men. What does that mean? I don't know yet. <laughs> <laughs> he 
He's going to tell us one day. He told us, I'll make you fishers of men, but he didn't tell me how yet. They took a risk. The woman with an issue of blood, she took a risk. A woman with an issue weren't even supposed to be around men at that time because they were supposed to be outside the camp, if you understand Old Testament uh, ritualistic stuff. She was not even supposed to be around men. As a matter of fact, she was defiled. But she took a risk and said, listen, since I'm broke, boy, won't nothing challenge you like brokenness. Amen. She said, since I'm broke and I'm still not healed, and since I don't have anything to lose, sometimes you got to get to a point where you know what? <laughs> since I have nothing to lose, I'm going on with God anyway. You notice how many people probably stepped on this woman? kicked her and said, you don't even need to be here. Why are you trying to get to the master? She said, you don't understand. I don't have anything to lose. You can kick me. You can push me. You can cuss me. But since I don't have nothing to lose, I'm going to keep on walking towards Jesus until I can get to the hem of his garment. Because while you're kicking me, you can't help me. I got to get to the source. I got to go to the one thing that I can draw energy off of. I got to get to the source of the anointing. I got to get to something that's going to touch my body, that's going to heal me, that's going to set me free, that's going to deliver me. And since you're kicking me, you can't deliver me and talk bad about me. I got to get to the man that can save my soul. And the Bible says she touched the hem of his garment, and Jesus turned around and said, who touched me? Boy, let me tell you something. Don't you want to get Jesus' attention? Don't you want to touch him in a way that he has to turn around and say, who touched my clothes? So the Bible, Jesus said, I felt virtue leave out nothing but faith. is going to get Jesus' attention like that. He said, I felt something leave my body. I don't know about you, saints of God, but I want to touch Jesus in a way. I want to touch him in a way that I get his attention. I don't care about getting the devil's attention. I want to get his attention like Stephen. Stephen said he looked up and it's the last little thing. Stephen, when he was being stoned, Stephen was being stoned because he was operating in the miraculous. People were getting healed. People were getting delivered. And the religious people didn't like it. There is a separation coming to the church. There is a harlot church right now in this season. The harlot church is a church of pluralism, which means they want everybody in there. Everything is truth. Your truth is different from my truth. That's a lie. There's only one truth, and he's, he, he has a name. Stephen was being stoned, and the Bible says Stephen looked up into heaven. And I don't know if you guys caught this, but boy, when I read this over and over again, the Lord, he showed me this. Because all the other places I have ever read in the Bible, it said that Jesus is sitting at the right hand of God. But the Bible said when Stephen looked up, Jesus was standing. I want to do something so awesome for God that he has to get up off of his throne 
say how you see him. They're persecuting him, but look at it. He's still keeping the faith. Saints, I know this road is hard. I know there's so many things hitting you right now. But let me tell you something. If you stay in it, it's worth it. It's worth living right. Even, even when everything in you is telling you to live wrong. It's worth it to live holy. It's worth it to live a righteous life. It's worth it to do the right thing. It's worth it to forgive. We hope you've been blessed by today's powerful teaching. Thank you for your continued prayers and financial support of this ministry. Visit us in person at 5805 West Highway 74 in Indian Trail, North Carolina. That's near Lowe's Hardware. Or you can find us on the web at www.changeatc3.org. That's change, C-H-A-N-G-E-A-T-C, the number three, dot org. Or call us at 704-821-7368. Covenant Community Church, where the truth is revealed.